The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good evening and welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, broadcasting from the Cromer Mashburn Family Studios here at the Maple Knoll Radio Network. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, and Real Life Real Estate is your public radio source for information and inspiration to start or grow your own real estate investing business. And today, it being the very beginning of the year... We are going to talk about an extremely important thing that has less to do about real estate than it does about your life and all that stuff that your real estate business is supposed to be augmenting and supporting as opposed to consuming My guest today is Chuck Bauman. Chuck is an author, a speaker, an entrepreneur, and a lifeinator. He coaches lots of successful people and has helped thousands live their visions now rather than later. He has a resume with certifications so long that we could take up the rest of the entire show just reading those. But the important thing is he works with folks just like you and me to get results that create more free time. Now I know I've got your attention, listeners. Joining us by phone from his home in Missouri is Chuck Bauman. Chuck, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Thank you, Vina. It's good to be here. And it's good to have you here um, because, you know, this is the time of the year when people are still like very into their New Year's resolutions. Right. They 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 sat down on on December 31st and they wrote out a bunch of stuff they want to do in the next year. And, you know, our listeners wrote down, I want to do X number of more deals. I want to make Y amount of money. I want to grow my business. I want and they and, and they may have even like created very detailed plans about how this was going to happen. But you are here today to tell them that that could be a real problem for them well yeah vina i think new year's resolutions are almost uh, they've almost become uh, a joke in and of themselves people people are even uh sort of resident to not even do them anymore because they realize the rate of failure for a new year's resolution is so high and i feel like the reason for that is because People will say, well, goal setting just doesn't work. It's not that goal setting doesn't work. Goal setting works just fine if you know why you have that goal. Most people will spend more time planning their holiday party than they did planning their life for 2015. 
but they'll sit down in about 20 minutes and knock out a bunch of goals that sound good. They'll want to make X number of dollars. They want to turn so many deals. But if you ask them why they want those things, they really can't describe for you in very good detail why they want those things. They all sound good. They, they think they're supposed to want certain things. But when you really get down and ask them why they want them, it's because they think they're supposed to want them. And so maybe they don't really want them. They just think they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember back in the day when I was a an up-and-coming young real estate investor, not that I'm not still young, um, having these goals to own like 1,500 properties and to do 300 deals every single solitary year. And I was just like so super ambitious. I wanted to have the biggest and the best business there was. And what I have learned as I have, you know, gone through that process of building the great big business is that great big businesses require an awful lot of you and are not, are not the kind of thing that you can walk away and go to Europe for a month or that you end up spending a lot of time with your family or on your hobbies or at your place of worship or whatever it is that really is important to you. So let's, let's scrap this whole idea of goals and resolutions and talk about where, where people really should start in planning their business for this year. Well, I, I think it goes beyond planning your business for the year. I think the first step is to plan your life. And, and I know that sounds like a simple thing, when you first got into the business, you got into the business to be free from the rat race of a job. What you didn't want to do was work 60, 70, 80 hours a week to, to have a future where you could finally get what you wanted. And most of us as entrepreneurs, we like to think that we can build a business that will give us that life faster. But in fact, what most of us have done, and I know this is the mistake that I made, is I traded a job working for somebody else for a job working for myself. But it still took me 60, 70, 80 hours a week to do it because I never sat down and designed my life. I let my business run my life instead of letting my life run my business. And I think that's the critical step that most people don't go through. And most of the entrepreneurs listening to the show just now roll their eyes. Uh, because they don't even believe that's possible, Vina. They truly believe that the only way to keep their businesses successful is to work more hours. And and I honestly have seen hundreds, if not thousands, of people who counterintuitively have proven that that's not true. It is most of us start off as technicians. So uh, a guy that's a painter will decide he's not going to work for a painting company anymore. He's going to go out on his own. He'll buy a truck, a five-gallon bucket of paint, a brush, and a, a ladder, and he's in business for himself. And he's very successful when he starts out because he's a good painter. But pretty soon he has more work than he can do, so he has to hire a second painter and a third painter and a fourth painter. And if you fast forward three to five years from now, he runs a painting company, but he never paints. He never paints. Now he's managing a fleet of people. He's doing supply acquisition of paint. He's doing marketing campaigns. Those may not be the skill sets 
that he has. So the business will grow to a certain point, and his ability to grow into those skill sets is what limits the business. But he never planned that business. She never sat down and decided she wanted her business to be this big. That that There was no 10-year plan. They just wanted to be a painter. They just wanted to be a real estate investor. And so they do everything you have to do to make your business succeed. And they never sit down and plan what their business is going to look like, who's going to do what jobs, what part they actually like to do. And, and they don't plan their life and work it into the business. They let the business run their life. Mm-hmm. And that is a... That is a problem that I'm sure a lot of our listeners are sitting there thinking, wow, I really wish I had that problem. I wish I could quit my job and work in real estate full time. But trust me, listeners, you do not. And we're going to talk more about that right after we take a quick break. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. If you happen to be listening to us on our podcast, remember that you can listen live on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on WMKV 89.3 or WLHS 89.9 FM here in the greater Cincinnati area or live streaming from anywhere in the world at WMKVFM.org. Now, why would you want to listen live? Well, because when you listen live, you can participate, you can call, you can email questions to our guests. And of course, once it's on the podcast, it's, it's, it's all over. It's frozen in time. It's static forever. So write that down. Wednesdays at 5 p.m. WMKVFM.org. Talking today to Chuck Bauman about how to really sort of look at your 2015 from a bigger picture perspective and not just set these goals that, I mean, as Chuck mentioned at the beginning of the show, you're probably not going to reach anyway because they were New Year's resolutions and you didn't really have any plans around them anyway. And how not to develop yourself into the corner that a lot of full-time real estate entrepreneurs do where they traded an 80-hour-a-week job working for someone else for an 80-hour-a-week job where there's no paid time off, where there's no there's no vacation time, there's no 401k unless you are matching your own contribution, there is no benefits plan, there's no nothing. It's, it's, it's a worse job than the job you have. If you're working the same amount of time on a real estate business and Chuck, as you also mentioned, most real estate entrepreneurs, when they hear this said the first time, say, but if I didn't have to work 80 hours a week to keep my business going, I wouldn't be working 80 hours a week. How, how in the world do you think that this is going to run if I'm not at it, you know, 12 hours a day, seven days a week? So can you, can you maybe start with with a success story of of someone who was like in this position and got out of it and then we will talk about like some some specific skills that and and things that people could do to intentionally plan to work less make maybe the same or more money and most importantly live the life that they got into real estate to live in the first place sure i think that most of the time when people want to become business uh, people, they want to really become business owners. And that's really the goal is to become a business owner. But when you first start out in real estate, it's, it's usually just you uh, and maybe one other person if you have a partner. But so that you become the operator of the business. And most people 
jump right into the operation to the point, Vina, where they never remember that they're supposed to be the business owner. So one of the things that I've done in the past with, with a student recently was to remind him that what he really wants to do is own a real estate investment business, not run one. But he really hasn't ever gotten rid of any of the tasks. And today, in today's world, it's so possible that if you, uh, if you can go through a process and design a business whereby you only do the pieces that you want to do, with virtual assistance, with, with local assistance, with uh, using real estate agents, using uh, bird dogs, it, it's, it's virtually possible to build a real estate investment business today where you only do a portion of the work, but you can still reap a majority of the benefits from that business because you're the owner. Um, we just had a, a young man and his wife sit down with Jason, my partner, and I, and what we did is go through what we call a, a, a value stream map. Uh, basically, it's a way to visualize what you're doing in your business today. And we had him list uh, on a macro level first all the steps that he goes through. And, Dina, you know this in your own business. When you, when you think about marketing, when you think about acquisition of property, when you think about repair and rehab of the building, when you think about them getting rid of the business, selling it, marketing, there's a lot of tasks in there, a lot of tasks. But most people just do what's right in front of them. They've never sat down and really looked at the process. Well, the process that Jason and I use is a process that allows you to visualize, sort of on a macro level, all the big steps. And then we put the detailed steps underneath those. And it takes a while. It's, uh, most people spend a day with us to do it. Um, in this particular case, we were doing it in a couple of hours because we were trying to show the process to a larger group. So this young man and his wife came up, and we we basically helped them to do one piece of their business and lay out the macro levels. And at the end of it, he finally realized that the reason he's working so hard is because he's operating a business. He's not the owner. And when we started to say, well, who could we form this piece of work out? Who could do this work? It's like, well, you know, the real estate agents that – draw the commission really could do this piece or that piece and it it allowed him to see his business for the first time on a on a visual basis that allowed him to see where the bottlenecks were to see where he needs to make his improvement to see where he needs to offload maybe some task that he really doesn't like to do and that's exactly what happened mm -hmm. and uh and, it was and, and at it, the end of go ahead at the end of that his wife broke down in tears I mean, she was literally in tears, Vina, because for the first time she was able to see how come he's so busy. Mm -hmm. It was the first time she was ever to visualize all the things that go into, you know, even purchasing a single family home, rehabbing it and reselling it. It is not a simple task. And Each it, task individually is simple, but it's a complex, complex process. And it And it almost has to be a literal step back and look at it all. Oh. It's, 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 it's almost something that, that you can't do as you are in what, what, you know, four disciplines of execution describes as the whirlwind, right? Cause if oh, you're, yes. That's right. <laughs> if you're, if right. you're, if you're standing there thinking, if you're standing there thinking, Oh, here I am for the, 
xth time today trying to get a hold of this title company and schedule this closing. There has to be a better way to do it. The problem is right now you need this clo- the closing scheduled. You can't you can't right. step back and think about who else could be doing this. Uh, well, how- right in the middle. Right in the middle of that, you get a text that says the gutter's falling off on the house on Mill Street, and you need somebody to get over there because the inspector's there, and if you fix it in the next 12 minutes, it won't go on the report, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is totally unrelated to what you were thinking about. And that whirlwind of activity, I think entrepreneurs believe that their lack of focus and their lack of um, ability to make progress on their goals is due to some dragon out there, and if they could slay that dragon one time, then all of a sudden their whole business would become organized and everything would be great. And it's just what you said. It's not a dragon. It's gnats. It's a million little gnats that aggravate you and draw you away from what you need to be focused on. It's why in the program that I represent, we always preach a good, strong vision. Because if you don't keep coming back to what's important, the gnats will they will blind you to where you're going and you'll end up someplace you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. And and let's face it, a lot of entrepreneurs kind of like the whirlwind. I mean, they're kind of they're kind of addicted to it because it makes them feel good. To, even though all I did was a swat a gnat, that gnat is dead, you know. And, yeah. and yeah. there's 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 another one coming up behind it. And and although I will complain to all my friends about how I haven't had a vacation for six years and uh, you know how things aren't going real great with my spouse because she doesn't understand how hard I work and so on. The the reality is there's a part of us that feels like we're accomplishing something as we're smacking at the gnats, even while we understand that there's a problem, you know, sort of at a bigger life level. And also a lot of entrepreneurs are control freaks. They don't, they don't think anybody can swat that gnat as well as they can. That's right. That is part of the problem. And, and I think that the key here is if you have a written vision of your life, um, And most people, when I say, do you have a vision for their life, they'll all say yes. And I ask them if it's written, then not so many people say yes. My question is always this. People will always say to me, Vina, well, I know what my vision for my life is. And I always say the same thing. If that's true, this will be easy. We'll just write it down real quick. And as soon as you ask people to start writing down what they want their life to look like, they realize it's a very difficult task. It is not as simple as just saying what you want, because now it means something when you start trying to write it down. You can't wiggle around when you write it down. Now it has to really be 100% true. So once we get them to get their vision, one of the interesting things that we do is we ask them to put it on a generic calendar. And I've done this hundreds and hundreds of times. And what you end up with is by the time you live the life that you want, you probably only have 25, maybe 30 hours if you're lucky to work because of all the other things you want to do. If you take that same vision and you price it out, you can figure out what it's going to cost to live the life you want. You take your current expenses plus the travel you want plus the stuff you don't have today that you need to get, and you put that dollar amount to it. And you divide that by the number of hours you're going to work, and that's what you need to make per hour if you're truly going to have the life you want. And a lot of times, it's the first time that an entrepreneur realizes, I understand now why I can't live my vision. I don't make enough per hour. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that you're able to do when you have that business process laid out in its visual is say, 
which of these tasks actually pay enough per hour for you to live your vision? And if it doesn't pay enough, how can we give that to somebody else and, and let them make less but get us to where we're making what we need to make in the time that we do work? Mm-hmm. So, and, so assignment number one for our listeners is write out your vision. And I want to be rich is not a vision. Okay, no. that's not that's not a vision. It, you know, I what, what do you what do you what is it you want to be doing with all that money? How do you want to be spending your time? Uh, what you know, what what hobbies are you ignoring right now because you're working so much? You know, maybe you have a full time job and you're trying to run a real estate business. Write right. that out, put it on a generic calendar, or see how much time you have left. And when we come back from the break, we will talk about how to then objectively look at the activities of your business and figure out which ones are the ones that are making that $1,000 an hour you need to be making. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Chuck Bauman, who is a success coach. He works with the Life and Air program. Sean McCluskey, who is one of the founders, and Steve Cook, who's the other founder, have both been here on Real Life Real Estate in the past. If you'd like to check out their um, detailed discussions uh, of what being a Life and Air is all about. But uh, we're talking today about your New Year's resolutions and why you probably need to scrap them and spend next weekend rethinking your entire real estate business. And I should mention that the reason that Chuck is on uh, in this particular program is because uh, he and his partner Jason are going to be in Ohio uh, at the end of January on the 24th in Cincinnati and on the 31st in Columbus doing an all-day workshop on exactly this topic. And Chuck, I understand you guys are going to actually break down somebody's business in front of everybody and sort of put it back together like we're talking about here so that the other folks in the room can have that day away from the whirlwind and make this happen for themselves. Yeah, what Jason and I have discovered is if we can show people uh, us doing it with one business, then a lot of times they're able to go back and do it for themselves. it changes the way they think about it. And really, all it takes is a whiteboard or, or a clean wall with a bunch of yellow stickies. Uh, and you can buy software that will help you do it. But in reality, you really don't need that. Uh, I like to do it with a whiteboard because it's just flexible and it uh, it goes very quickly. So what we'll do is uh, when we get there those days, we'll, we'll, we'll have you help us pick somebody whose business is fairly – uh, robust, that, you know, that does some deals, and um, we'll just ask them to start telling us how their business works, and we'll put those details on the board. We'll break it into some categories. We'll begin to look at how that works, and by the time we get that roughed out on the board, most entrepreneurs have already begun to see why they're so busy working in their business rather than working on their business, and I know that's a cliche, you know, work on your business, not in your business. But like you said earlier, when you walk in and there's a whirlwind, you have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we feel like is that the vision uh, helps to keep you focused and disciplined. You know, um, the process that we'll go through with this individual uh, will start to show him 
what needs to be done by a technician, what needs to be done by the manager, and what needs to be done by an entrepreneur or the owner. And it doesn't mean that when you walk out of that one-day session that you're going to all of a sudden be the owner of a business. But it does mean that right there on the site, we're going to help that person, whoever that is, he or she, to develop a transition plan, to begin to understand which parts of the business they shouldn't be doing because those parts of the business can be done by someone else, some other way, automated, um, given away, delegated, hired out, whatever, to, to get to the point to where they're only doing the high payoff activities and, and I will say are the ones they want to do. Um, and, and if they can do that, then we can build a transition plan right there on site how they're going to get to where they want to be. Um, that analysis of the task and the competencies may may often lead to the fact that the business owner has been limiting the growth of their business because they're not good at a particular skill set. And, and in, in those cases, a lot of times it's just a matter of hiring that person. And when people, when I say hiring people, people always say, oh, my God, now I have to manage that person, and I don't want to have salary 40 hours a week. I don't want to be responsible for this person. It's amazing to me that when we say hire someone, how that reaction is, because I have people that work for me that only work, you know, eight or 10 hours a month, and they're happy to have that work, and they're much better at it than I am. And honestly, what they get done in eight hours, it would take me 40 hours or more to get done. So my real estate business, I often joke, is like, I'm like the shortstop who doesn't go left or right to pick up a ground ball. I don't bend over. I only take the ones that hop up and hit me right in the glove. <laughs> and, you know, that's the kind of business that you can end up with. If you understand where you are today, you understand that the ultimate goal is to be the owner and not the operator. And what we can do in that one day is we can begin to help you build a transition plan for how you can work less and make the same money, and in a lot of cases, make more money, uh, because we're going to fundamentally change the way you view your business and the parts that you do. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, folks can get more information about that seminar at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's CincinnatiREIA.com. But I, I want to dig further into what you're saying here for the sake, particularly of the listeners who aren't going to be able to get to Ohio here at the end of, of uh, January. Give me an example of the sort of things that you see a lot of real estate entrepreneurs doing. In other words, they're working in their business that could easily be transferred off to technology or to a, a very part-time virtual assistant, just, just some of the tasks that people do without thinking that are not those big money-making tasks? Well, you know, Lena, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of real estate investors, a lot of my students, when they come to me and they start with us, they answer all their own calls. And as simple as that sounds, that just doesn't make sense in the in the scheme of things. There are so many ways to have call screen, pre-qualified today. Uh, you know, there's software out there. There are services that will answer the phone. They'll, with live voice, if that's what you want, you can drive people with a voicemail answering system to your website where they fill out a voucher or whatever. 
it's so simple to limit the number of calls that come to you to where I, in my business, in my real estate investing business, I never take a phone call. It isn't a pre-qualified lead that the person isn't, number one, has a property to sell and really is motivated to get rid of it that we know may have enough margin in it that we want to do that. And number three, it's just a matter of closing the deal. That's the only calls that I take. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I don't want to give a specific process because there are, there's probably 50 or 60 different ways to do that. But you can, if you go to your local RIA and, and just ask, how do you screen your phone calls? I mean, what do you do, Vina, for your phone calls? You certainly don't answer all the <laughs> phone calls that come in from your marketing. No, as a matter of fact, I answer none of them. Uh, I, I have. It's not that they don't get answered. It's that I don't answer them. Um, no, I understand. But I have a I have a full time uh, acquisitions person who, amongst his jobs, are to do that initial interview with the seller. And am, am I probably better at negotiating a building rapport with sellers than he is? Pr- probably so. But I came to the realization a few years back that. It doesn't matter how good I am. Nineteen out of uh, out of twenty of those sellers do not have a deal for me. Right. So why am I talking to the first nineteen? There's 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 five percent that need to be talked to, and you can work out you can kind of work out which five percent they are by having somebody else ask a series of questions. So the, the the interesting thing about switching over to that system where he answers the calls and by the way when he can't answer them they forward to an answering service that texts us that they got a phone call so we don't lose those calls either um the the interesting thing that happened was not so much the greatly reduced amount of time i was spending on the phone it was that the calls got answered <laughs> because what would happen before with the, you know everything else going on is I'd see a seller call come in, I'd be in the middle of something, I wouldn't answer it. I'd look down three days later and realize I hadn't called them back. You know, There comes a point where you get embarrassed to call them back, <laughs> right, because right? it's been so long. And yep. now, now everybody gets talked to. So the, the efficiency was uh, partly in, in not having to talk to the folks who are calling and saying, I want more than full price, I want all cash, I want it right now, no negotiation, and I just wasted five minutes of my life. It was that the people who did have the good deals all actually got to talk to. Right. And so I bet you, I will bet, I'll bet you lunch in uh, the next time I'm in Ohio with you, uh, that you didn't believe that you could give those calls up without losing business. Bingo. And I, I also bet that it was very, very difficult for you to let go of that. Yes. And in fact, after, after, two years of this, if I am in the office when he takes a call, I have to make myself not listen to it <laughs> because I still want to, I still want to be standing over his shoulder saying, say this, say this, say this. Yep. <laughs> and, and, you know, the truth is it's just, it, it's just, you, you got to get good people and get out of their way. And that's a, that's a problem right. that entrepreneurs have is getting out of their way. And so, Vina, I believe that this is going to be true for you because I know you well enough to believe this, but I'll just say it and you can tell me whether it's true. But I believe that discipline is the difference between choosing what you want right now and choosing what you want in the long run. And part of what most entrepreneurs lack is a vision of what they want in the long run. 
they haven't spelled it out in specific enough detail to where it burns really hot with them. So I know that I can answer the phone, but I also know if I start answering my own phone that I'm not going to have the life I want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I call it it don't eat the marshmallow. Right. At 9 o'clock in the morning, if I answer a call and it only takes me five minutes, it's really tempting to say, well, I could answer this call and it only takes me five minutes. At 9 o'clock in the morning, it only makes me five minutes late at 9.05. But if you project that forward to the end of the day, that might make the difference between me going to see my granddaughter play football and not getting to see my granddaughter play football. At 9 o'clock in the morning, it doesn't feel like I'm taking time away from my granddaughter to answer a call. But in reality, I can't get that time back. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why having a vision is so important. It gives you the discipline to realize I can answer my own calls, but at the price of going to see my granddaughter play football, maybe. And when I think of it in terms of that, I'm not answering my call. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take an 80%, 90% solution with a guy like your guy who's maybe not as good as you are. But you know what? He's good enough to screen off the 19 out of 20, and he probably only loses one out of 100. And I'll pay that price to have a life I want. Mm-hmm. And you keep you and keep I- using you keep using a term that is extremely unpopular in the real estate education world today, which is discipline. No one no one wants to say, in order to succeed, you have to have discipline. Everyone wants to say, oh, no, it's turnkey. It's done for you. It's, it's, it's all here in the box. And all you got to do is open the box and magically you will have everything you ever wanted. But it, it truly is a discipline for most entrepreneurs to not do things, to intentionally not do things that are good things to do that should be done. Yep. One of the best days in my real estate investing business was the day I sold my truck. Um, because then I could no longer pick up materials myself. <laughs> and uh, it was, a, I, I have a truck today, but I remember vividly the day I got rid of the truck and didn't have one because that was the only way that I could think of to make myself not do that. Because invariably, somebody would call me and say, could you run by and pick up siding for this? Or could you go by and get the doors? Or could you go? And of course I could. I have a truck. I know I know our suppliers. I know how to write a check. I can pick up materials. But picking up materials is not the best use of my time. Mm-hmm. I, I can have somebody pick up the materials, and I can pay them, and it's a... It, doesn't even come close to what I need to make an hour to live the life I want to live if I'm only going to work 20 or 25 hours a week. And, and and that's the mindset you have to get. And it is a discipline. And you know what? If, if, if real estate education made millionaires, there would be so many of us out there. But mm-hmm. it, the truth is everything they teach will work if you do. Mm-hmm. But if you if you're busy, it's not the same as work, and that's the thing I think that real estate entrepreneurs really get hung up about. Being a me and you can go to lunch and talk real estate for two hours, and it's a really enjoyable lunch, and it's a great conversation. But you know what didn't happen in that that two hours that you and I spent talking? <laughs> we didn't actually make any money. <laughs> we didn't make any offers on houses. We didn't close any deals. I mean. That may not be true for you and I today because of the way our businesses are set up, 
Today, I might actually be buying a house when I'm with you, but I wouldn't call that work. That's just busy. Mm-hmm. And I, I have, because I have such a powerful vision of what I want my life to look like, I'm absolutely, I, I don't even know how to describe how adamant I am that no one is going to steal my time. Not during the day. If I'm working, I'm working. I don't want to be busy. I want to be productive. And, and if I'm not productive, then I want to quit working. I'm not interested in doing anything that doesn't move me towards my vision. My business is designed to serve my life, not me serve my business. And I know that's true for you as well. And it's good advice for anyone. We need to take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk more with Chuck Bauman about how to design a business that serves your life. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. You can stay in touch with Real Life Real Estate Investing on Facebook at facebook.com slash Radio, or by joining our email list at askvina.com. Most weeks we have some sort of special offer for listeners at askvina.com. So check that out. Get on our email list and see what free ebook or article or audio or advice we are offering there at askvina.com. Talking today to Chuck Bauman about what's wrong with your New Year's resolutions. And the conclusion we've come to so far is that what's wrong is you made resolutions sort of in a vacuum that said, I'm going to do such and such with my business without looking at what life am I trying to lead. And, and, And Chuck, so many people work so hard in this business with the idea that at some point, if I keep working this hard, then I will be able to have these other things that I set out to have, like time with my family, time to travel, time to, uh, you know, fix old cars, whatever it is I like to do. And I know you guys are more uh, advocates of the idea of no, kind of do what you want to do now and fit your business in around it in a very effective way so that you can make the money to do what you want to do now. Yeah, I, I bought into that. I bought into that old way of thinking a long time ago and it just doesn't work. I mean, it didn't work for me, I should say. Um, I could see that I always wanted more. I was, I was never going to get there. It was always one more thing that was going to make me happy. It was, you know, when I get to this amount of property or when I have this much money in the bank or when I do this thing, it just doesn't work. I find that in my life, I need three things to really make my life be what it is that I want. The first thing is, I know I keep saying it, but a written vision of what it is that I really want my life to look like and to understand why I want it. And again, it's a simple sounding statement, but to understand why you want to do 10 deals. Is nine enough? Why did you say 10? Do you know for sure it's 10 or would you be happy with nine? Or would, do you really need 11? So understand the why of everything that you have in your vision. I personally believe you need a coach. You need a coach to help you write your vision. You need a, help, you need a coach to help you understand your whys. You know, there's a reason why Tiger Woods has a golf coach. There's a reason why Albert Pujols has a a baseball coach. It's not that they don't understand how to do their game. 
coaches provide immediate feedback and they remind you of what's important. And the third thing I think you need is an accountability group. So when you get up on Monday morning and you read your vision and you know what you need to do this week, you say, I'm going to do this one or two things. You talked about the four disciplines of execution. It's one of the principles that I teach all the time. Don't tell me you're going to do 16 things this week. Just tell me you're going to do one or two that move you towards that long-term vision because as soon as you walk in the office, you're going to have those gnats and that whirlwind. Well, if you have 16 things you're trying to do over the next year, it's not going to happen. But if you have one thing that you're focused on this week, if you get that one thing done, most people, that's one more thing to move them towards the life they want than they were going to get done without the vision, without the coach, and without the accountability group. It doesn't sound like much, but I can tell you time after time after time, 18 months into the process, people are living the life they want. People are working less hours. They're traveling more. They're spending more time with their family. And they don't have the same amount of aggravation that they had before the process. And it, I didn't believe it would work for me, but I believe that Steve and Sean were onto something. I could see it was working in their lives, and so I didn't understand how it worked. But I just did it anyway. And I love a statement that my partner Jason talks about. If you're in a dark room, you don't have to understand how the electricity flows to the house and goes to the light and works the element. If you just know it works, all you have to do is turn the switch. And I'm here to tell you, if you'll write your vision down, find yourself a coach or a mentor that will help you focus on your vision and find an accountability group that will help you continue to make progress 18 months from now, you'll have a fundamentally different life, and your business will run differently mm-hmm. because you've built a business around the life you want rather than a life around the business needs. Do you have any other words of, of wisdom? I mean, I, what you just said pretty much encapsulates the uh, uh, process of, of, of getting this thing and then sticking with it, but... For the for the folks who are in the middle of the whirlwind, you know, and they they can't even see how they can't even see how any of this is going to work for them until they, and there's some fill right. in the blank there, right? There's in, 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 until I get free enough that I can have a week where I don't have anything to do, you know, all those other things that are never going to happen. What what one step could they take as soon as they're done listening to the show? to start this process and to get it in front of them and keep it in front of it? I would tell them to steal 20 minutes a week, if nothing else, just 20 minutes of quiet time. Go to the local uh, sandwich shop or go to a coffee shop and turn your phone off and just work on your vision for what you want your life to look like. If you just do that 20 minutes this week and 20 minutes next week, Pretty soon you'll have something that you can show to somebody and say, what do you think? And it doesn't sound like much, but that's how it starts. The best day to plant a tree is 30 years ago, but the (laughs) next best day to plant a tree is today. So start the process today of writing that vision and read it. It doesn't take more than a few minutes. I know it's a few minutes you don't have, but I promise you, that it will begin to pay big results down the road. Um, 
steal that 20 minutes, you know, take an hour on Saturday, go walk in the woods, sit down right on your vision. Spend a little bit of time planning your life the same way you would a party or a wedding or your your uh, presentation to the bank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let's say add in the final minute here, don't think it's going to be easy. Uh, the, the vision, oh, no. the, the vision, the vision is often very inspiring, right? As I'm sitting and yes. writing, I'm like, oh yeah, that'd be awesome. I totally want that. But knocking back the whirlwind long enough to to actually work on the vision and not just be busy for the sake of busy is hard work for most entrepreneurs. Yeah, once you have the vision, you it kind of tells you what you should be doing, but it doesn't make it any easier to do the right thing. You still have to do it. Um, and I think that's the difficult part. But at least it makes knowing what the right thing to do to get there knowable. Uh, it doesn't, you still have to have integrity in that moment of choice. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's not easy, but it certainly works. And that's, I think, the important thing is it's, it's, a, it's a system that will work for you to get the life you really want. And quit chasing rainbows. Thank you so much, Chuck. Appreciate your sharing today of your wisdom. And we look forward to seeing you here in Ohio in the last couple of weeks of January. Listeners get more information about that at CincinnatiRia.com. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.